Chapter 29 of History of the Norwegian People, Volume 1 by Knut Gerse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 29 The Fall of the Kingdom of York. The last four years of King Alfred the Great's reign, 887 to 900, seemed to have been peaceful. The great army had disbanded, Hastings had retired into France, and the Vikings showed no disposition to renew their attacks on Wessex. When King Alfred died, his son Edward was chosen king by the Witten, but Ethelwald, a son of Alfred's elder brother Ethelred, attempted to make good his claim to the throne. He was unable to cope with Edward, but fled to York, where he was hailed as king. This meant a renewal of war between the Danelag and the king of Wessex. King Ethelwald came southward to Essex with a large Northumbrian fleet, and was joined by the Danes of East Anglia under their king, Eric. Mercia was ravaged, and the combined forces crossed the Thames into Wiltshire, in Wessex. In the meantime, Edward had marched northward and attacked the Danish settlements. This compelled Ethelwald to return to defend his own dominions. A battle was soon fought in which Ethelwald and Eric both fell, and a treaty of peace terminated the war in 903. In 910, hostilities were renewed, and Edward and his sister Ethelflaed undertook to conquer the whole Danelag. The building of fortified strongholds, or burgs, which had been introduced by the Vikings, became a great feature in this war. Ethelflaed built a number of burgs along the borders, and the conquest was pushed steadily forward. By 919, the Chronicle tells us, King Edward was acknowledged as overlord by King Roggenwald of York, by Donald, King of the Welsh and Strathclyde, by Eldred of Bambro, and even by Constantine, King of the Scots. Whether these kings really submitted to Edward may well be doubted, but Mercia was joined permanently to Edward's possessions. Edward died in 924, and was succeeded by his son Ethelstan, then over thirty years of age. King Sigtrygg of York acknowledged himself the vassal of the new king, and received his sister in marriage, but he died the following year, and Ethelstan formally annexed Northumbria. The kings of Strathclyde in Scotland and many princes of Wales submitted to Ethelstan, who now called himself Rex Totius Britanniae. Olaf Kvarn, the son of King Sigtrygg, who had been living in Scotland, planned to recapture his father's kingdom. He gathered a large armament from all parts of the Viking dominions for an attack on Northumbria. His father-in-law, King Constantine III of Scotland, joined him, Olaf Gudridson of Dublin came with a large fleet. From the Orkneys, the Hebrides, and even from Brittany, forces were gathered. In 937 he sailed up the Humber with a large fleet and captured York. But King Ethelstan and his half-brother Edmund also gathered their forces, and many Norse Vikings joined the standards of the English king. Among others, the great skald Egil Skallagrimsson from Iceland and his brother Thoralf. The latter fell in the great combat which Egil has described in his songs. The armies met at Brunnenburg, or Vinehide, as Egil calls it, and here was fought one of the most renowned battles in Viking times. From morning till evening the bloody struggle lasted. Five kings and seven Viking jarls are said to have fallen. King Ethelstan was finally victorious. Olaf Gudridson of Dublin fled back to Ireland with the remnant of his army, and King Constantine returned to Scotland. An old English poet has described the battle in a well-known song. End of chapter 29